This is Lori LeBay, and I am the founder and creator of Alzheimer's Speaks, uh, which, of course, includes uh, Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. And basically, I created this company because my mom lived with dementia for 30 years, and I was uh, one frustrated daughter who really wanted more resources, tips, and tools. And I thought there's got to be more people out there uh, going through this. And so we've been doing Alzheimer's Speaks Radio for Gosh, almost 10 years now, and um, it's been really fun to see it expand, and we have uh, listeners and guests from all around the world, from people living with dementia to family members to researchers and advocates, all different types of businesses, authors, and so forth. Now, today, um, we are going to be talking about something really near and dear to my heart, and that is how our library systems can really push our communities forward and bring comfort and resources to them. And before I introduce our guest today, I always just like to give some shout outs and again, thank my audience because we would not be here without you guys. Your likes, your clicks, your shares have been absolutely unbelievable in terms of expanding our reach and and sharing this knowledge. So that just confirms to me that I wasn't the only daughter Uh, or family member or business professional out there wanting more information. There's lots of us out there. So again, thank you all. And if you've got a story to tell, please reach out to me at Lori at AlzheimerSpeaks.com, or you can just go to our main website to AlzheimerSpeaks.com. And I would be more than glad to talk to you about having you on as a guest for the show. You can also call in and join the conversation because you might have questions um, or comments. And that number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And then we also have a chat box that you can use. So feel free to um, type in the chat box. I will be um, monitoring that as well throughout the show. Now, I always like to give a couple of shout-outs to um, different organizations, and and one I want to shout-out to is Gable Pines in Badness Heights in Minnesota. I'm going to be doing a free CEU for um, business professionals, and that one is entitled Why Families Act Like They Do, and it's a real eye-opener for staff and really helps get the communication balance out and, and shift around that will be uh, January 30th at 7:30. So if you're interested in that, you can call Deb Waterby, uh, Waterbury, I'm sorry, at 651-472-1851. That's 651-472-1851, or you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com and you'll see a big flyer on it too for with more details. And then later that afternoon um, at 3 o'clock Eastern time, I'm going to be doing a webinar with the Greenhouse, and that one is titled From Crisis to Comfort, Shifting Dementia Care by Giving Voice to All. And we're going to be talking about um, identifying uh, stress triggers and reduced, uh, how to reduce unwanted reactions and increase uh, moments of joy the role of the, the family in caring for a person with dementia, and then how and why dementia roles are changing and how that affects families and your staff alike. And uh, so I, I'm very excited to be doing both of those. And then, of course, I always love to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. Those are for people with dementia and their care partners and their I hate to call them a support group. I call them a gathering of friends because that's really what it is. But get together with like-minded people. You're going to laugh a lot. You might cry. You'll support one another. But you talk about all of life. And by going to memorycafedirectory.com, you're going to be able to find 
which ones are close to you, or maybe you have a directory and you're like, or a memory cafe and you want to get in the directory, Dave will put you in there for free. There is no charge to that. So check out memorycafedirectory.com. And then last, I just want to give a shout out to stall catchers. I adore the work they're doing. They actually are doing uh, research on Alzheimer's and they've created a game called stall catchers, which is a kind of a video concept. And anybody, and they actually have people from like six to 96 playing this game. And as you play the game, you are actually analyzing real life data. So it was out, um, they had a big um, kickoff last year, kind of a megathon and different libraries and everything got involved as well in terms of of, um, gathering people to help with research. So that was really fun. And and maybe that's something we'll talk about too today, since we are talking with the libraries up in Alexandria, Minnesota, uh, because they just secured a large grant to support dementia and um, and expand their memory loss research uh, centers in their library. So let me introduce um, our first guest. We have two with us today. Uh, Dawn Daly is the library director at Douglas County Library in Alexandria, Minnesota. And she's been in that position since uh, 2018 in and, you know, we have a mutual friend between us, Julie Anderson, who I so miss because she used to live down here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And she actually connected us. So I have to give a big shout out to, to Julie. I just, uh, she does wonderful work and is just a great person and an amazing supporter of Alzheimer's Speaks. And she even did a feature story on us a while back as well. So um, again, I, my heart goes out to Julie for making this connection. Because when she was telling me about Dawn and what they were doing up there, I thought, oh, my gosh, right away, I've got to have have Dawn on the show. So welcome, Dawn. I'm just, I'm really excited to have you with us today. Thank you, Lori. It's exciting to chat with you and share everything we have to offer here. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, a really enlightening conversation for people. I'm going to go ahead and introduce your sidekick with you today, and that is Pamela Kamholz, and she is an RN and a respite coordinator for the Elder Network. Um, And the Elder Network is a program that provides socialization and respite uh, to aging adults in her community. And um, Pamela has had a long and colorful career in nursing, And is also on the library board and has used many of the resources and and referred them out that the library has available. So I'm really excited to talk with you as well, Pamela. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm sitting here at the Alexandria Senior Center where we have our um, out-of-home respite program a couple times a month. And I'm excited to be part of the project at the library as well. Great. Well, I'm going to um, ask you both uh, the same question before I kind of get into my line of questioning. And that is, um, and I'll throw this to Pamela first since I've got you live right now. Um, have you been personally touched by a family member or friend with dementia? Both. both. I have a family member that has dementia. I've had, my grandparents had dementia and I work in the field. So um, 80% of our clients in the Elder Network program are dealing with uh, various levels of dementia. Wow. And that's a, that's a really common number that I hear in senior housing as a whole, even though people might be in assisted living or, or market rate, um, the management there says, you know, most of them have, have some level um, of cognitive impairment and it's pretty common and yet there's such great fear and this stigma around it and it's it's much more out there than I think what people know so again thank you for sharing that um uh Dawn how about you uh have you been personally touched by dementia you know I actually have um both of my parents I see it now at the time I did not see it was dementia, especially with my father. I thought it was, you know, just old age and kind of just forgetting things. And, you know, this has been a while ago. This has been 20 years ago. So I was not even aware of the word dementia, you know, or Alzheimer's. It was just, ah, he's forgetful, you know, that type of thing. But now when I look back at it 
and as I'm doing some of this research, and I am no expert by any means on this, and I always, you know, tell everybody that I'm like, I'm here to supply you with information, but not, you know, lead you in a, you know, a way that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, I'm not an expert, put it that way. But, um, yeah, so I was touched by it with my father and my mother, and then I had an uncle that had um, dementia also, and so, yeah, I've been touched by it personally, and it's really sad and scary at the same time. Yep, up close and personal. And, you know, I love when you said, you know, I'm not an expert. I don't think any of us are, and I don't think any of us ever really will be. I get called that all the time, and I'm like, the true experts are those living with the disease. And, in fact, we just did a a recording called Dementia Chats, and it's not live yet, but it'll be out probably next week. And we we did it on uh, confusion. But the point that came out really strongly was, you know, they all have um, different different symptoms at different times and they deal with it differently. And so it's all about adaption and it's about us as society, as family, as friends, um, as coworkers, neighbors, to just be open to letting them tell us honestly what's going on in detail. Because a lot of times we use the term like confusion um, or memory loss. But if we know the details of it, we can't really support them in terms of how to help them. And so, again, positioning them as as the true experts, which I think is, you know, one of the things, you know, with what you're doing at the library is great because you're, you're getting all these resources to expand people's opinion and perception of dementia. And hopefully that will help. Uh, get rid of some of the stigmas. Now, Dawn, why don't you explain to our audience where the heck of the idea of creating a dementia resource <laughs> in your library came from in the first place? Well, I had attended MLA, um, which is the Minnesota Library Association conference here, oh, probably about three years ago. And one of the sessions was on dementia. And I thought, oh, you know, there was something there that kind of sparked I might like that. So I went, and by the time I was done with that session, I was ready to come home and try to make a difference in my library. And I was at another library at that time. I was not here at Douglas County, but I did come home, and I did make a difference. I started making these kits and getting um, material for people to check out on dementia. And In fact, I'd had a couple uh, patrons come in and say, oh, my mom just you know, got diagnosed with dementia, do you have anything, you know, that I can read about it? Well, then, come to find out, my, you know, library at that time really didn't have anything. So, one, it also made me beef up my collection, but to get that information, people are wanting it. We need it out there. But um, then as uh, um, time had went on and life, you know, changes and whatnot, I came to Douglas County here and I wasn't here very long, and my last library was a very small library, so this one, you know, it's a medium to large library size that we have here in Douglas County, but I've always said dementia is not just, you know, in that house across the street. It's not just in that town. It's not at that last library. Dementia is all over. I don't care where you're at, you know, it's here in Alexandria, it's in the cities, it's, you know, in little towns, wherever, and it's not one place. So we needed to, I felt we need to start this memory loss resource center here in Alexandria. And we came up with memory loss resource because we didn't want to do the stigmatism of dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of, um, gave it a, a widespread name so we weren't focusing on one or the other or, you know, given that stigmatism. And so, yeah, I started um, asking the community. I went to um, public health here mm-hmm. at Douglas County, and they have one of their programs that's under public health is SHIP, S-H-I-P, which stands mm-hmm. for the Statewide Health Improvement Partnership. And I talked to them and said, you know, hey, this is what I would like to do. 
you know, would you guys be willing to, you know, jump on board with us and would you be willing to donate some money towards this? Next thing I know, they're like, yes, absolutely, we need this. Our community needs this. So they came forward and in a big way, they really, really helped get this program, you know, off the ground. And so then I went to our friends group, our friends at the library, and, you know, said, hey, SHIP is working with me. Would you like to? Absolutely. We're here for you. And, yeah, we just got rolling. And the support that we received and the people coming in, the community, just like, wow, we needed this. We need to expand this and whatnot. So um, I won't go into it too far because I know you all have other questions for me. But, yeah, that kind of just got us started, and it's just well, snowballed from there. Well, and it's fun to hear the enthusiasm in your voice because it's it, that is how it happens. It's just like you hear these ideas and things spark. I know when um, Carol Jackson started our, the changes in our library here in Ramsey County, and, you know, I personally was so touched because I remember – looking for information, again, 30 years ago, well, now 35 years ago, when my mom was diagnosed, and it was overwhelming. It was like, do I go to self-help? Do I go to the medical and health section? Where do I go? And then I went to the library, and it was just as confusing. And and to be able to walk into a library and just see a, a segment of it dedicated, I mean, it just makes you breathe easier. And go, I mean, because it's one less thing that you have to fight your way through to find and, and right. I, can't, I can't tell you what a significant difference that makes. And, and again, for me, I wasn't searching for it, but it just melted my heart because it, it brought back those old days of, gosh, there's got to be an easier way <laughs> to get information. Mm-hmm. So it's, right. it's really, really important. Um, when did you actually start start the project then, Dawn? Well, we'd, um, I came here in July of 2018, and we actually, I started this probably about October, November, um, talking with SHIP and seeing if they would partner with me and the friends. And, you know, I said, we have some money in our budget, but we don't have a lot. But, you know, we work with me, and they're like, yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, October, November, and by March, we actually have it up and running. So it wasn't real long, but it took a little bit, you know, to get material in here and get it cataloged. And, you know, we want it to be presentable, not just, ah, here's a section and whatnot. So we actually made a designated section in our library for the Memory Loss Resource Center. And we have a sign up there. And, yeah, it has its own spot. And it's right inside the door and, you know, it's been great. Wow. That's, uh, you know, the pictures, if, if people haven't seen them, you'll see them. Well, if you're listening and on your computer, you'll see them scrolling by or uh, on the blog site and things. And, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just wonderful to see the amount of of resources that you have. Now, to get to get started, I'm assuming that you had to go to your board and stuff if you're applying for a grant for funds and things. What what was that process like for you, or am I mistaken on that? Well, um, I went to the board and, you know, told them I'd like to do this, and they're like, yeah, okay, you know, and they just kind of listened, and I said, you know, I'm seeking grants and, you know, seeking other help, and they're like, yep, okay, let us know what we can do to help, and same with the friends, and like I said, it was just amazing how some of these other entities just came forward and was willing to, it was, I don't want to say they were throwing money at me, but that's kind of the way it felt. (laughs) It's like, please, please take our money, do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was overwhelming. It was wonderful. Oh, that's fantastic. I want to hear from Pam because she was sitting on the board here. And um, Pam, what, were you present at that meeting when when Don brought forth, um, you know, applying for the grant and kind of her vision? Oh, I was at that meeting, and I'd actually gotten a wind of it prior to the meeting. Um, and Don knew that I was very excited about this, and 
I was actually able to check out some of the memory kits prior to her even getting them barcoded and ready to go in the resource center. I was so excited. And I had her come and speak at our monthly Elder Network volunteer meeting, which is our ongoing training format about the memory kits that are available and the resources in the Memory Resource Center so that our volunteers could go in and find information they needed or tools they would like to take out on their visits with their clients. So not only is there resources there available for caregivers, there are memory kits that promote storytelling and reminiscing. There are puzzles that are appropriate for different levels of cognitive loss. There are CDs, there's short movies that are maybe old westerns or things that would appeal to different age groups. There's magazines, um, there's CD players, if I didn't say that already. Um, I don't know, Don. what else do you have going on there? I mean, it's important to know that it's not just a, a resource center for caregivers, but also for the care receivers and how they can benefit Yes, absolutely. So I was going to go on and say um, kind of what you have said there. When we first started this, we were kind of limited. But then I wrote um, this grant, this LSTA grant, um, through the state of Minnesota. And by doing that, we were able to, we did receive the grant. I was so excited. I wrote this grant probably in about March. And I think that's about when you were coming on the board, Pamela. And I come to the board and I said, you know, I'd like to write this grant for an LSTA grant. They're giving away up to $100,000 for, you know, different ideas to do in libraries. And I think this would be a great, you know, thing for us. And they're like, yep, you have our support. Go for it. You know, we hope you get it. And so that was March. Well, it was probably beginning of May, end of April, I received a letter. I received my grant amount. Um, I had asked for $79,885, and I received the whole grant amount. And so with that, we were able to expand even more. Like Pamela just said, we're able to have these kits. We're able to have um, DVDs and the CDs and puzzles, memory cards, just it's wonderful all the things we have but the other exciting part of that is like I said before this is not just here in Douglas County dementia is not just here so I shared it with the other 10 libraries in the Viking library system so that they are able to go and start memory loss resource centers in their libraries also so for us that was very exciting to be able to share this with more people and more communities throughout. So when you, so when you say share, what, a part of that almost $80,000 then, did that help them get up and running or was that just for yes. your library? Okay, so that helped the whole system. Um, so it helps those libraries too. So we kind of calculated out to, um, where they could spend X number of dollars buying DVDs. They spend X number of dollars buying you know, items for kits, so they can make kits, and I'll explain that in a minute. Um, you know, they can buy magazines or puzzles or, you know, things like that. Whatever their community needs, I left it up to each individual library, and then, they, you know, they send me their receipts and that. But I left it up to each individual library director because I feel they know their patrons and their community, you know, the best. They deal with these, you know, folks on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week basis, and they know what, you know, if a puzzle were to go here, it may not go in Fergus Falls. Maybe they're not puzzle people or coloring people, things like that. So, um, yes, I shared it, and I let them come up with what they would like to use in their resource center. But, yeah, it's to get the word out there and to spread it far and wide. Okay. So are, do you have any plans to be doing a, a presentation at maybe one of your next library conferences to be able to spread this word even further outside of Minnesota? 
Um, I would like to. I have not had the opportunity yet to do that. But mm -hmm. um, I have been asked to come to other library systems in Minnesota now to share this information. And so we're trying to figure out a time and a date that will work for that. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nice if they would give you a grant to be able to get out there to promote it, you know, for travel and and to because this is something so desperately needed throughout not just our country but throughout the world. Um, and right. it's just you know you guys are such a perfect drop-in point. You know, you're mm -hmm. a you're a community connector, and it's just it's a natural place to to be able to have this this resource. Um, right. And I know, Lori, I gave you my information, and I think you've probably shared it on your podcast and everything. If somebody out there that's listening today and they want more information or they just want to talk one-on-one, -on -one, I am always available, and I love talking about it and love sharing it. So please don't hesitate to, you know, give me a holler, email me, whatever. I'll answer all questions to the best of my okay. abilities you know, for what's worked or hasn't worked for us here, so. Okay. Now, that is one thing. I, on the information that you gave me, you didn't give me your email. You just gave me a phone number, but I can go in and add your email if you're okay. if you're comfortable with that. Um, oh, no, I'm I will, comfortable with that. Okay. I won't be able to get to that till later. So just people know, uh, know that. And I may as well throw out your number right now in case someone's uh, listening and has to run off is uh, 320-76. 3015 that's 3207623015 and that's Don Daly's number if you um have you know have a need and want to talk with her on a one to one she's open to doing that again you can either call in uh here and ask a question if you're listening right now and would like to ask a question or make a comment and that number is 323 Eight seven zero four six zero two. Again, that's three two three eight seven zero four six zero two. Or you can also use the chat box. A lot of people listen to this after the live show, and so we may get uh, may get questions and so forth after that. Um, John, can you talk a little bit more about the kits? And, you know, because, I mean, if people look at the pictures, they're going to see there's a lot of stuff in the kits. But can you explain a few of them? And, and could you, sure. you, know, you did little reminiscent kits and uh, what those are about in engagement kits? Yeah. Yeah. We have about 60 kits here now at the library. And we have all kinds of topics. We have cats, dogs, gardening, farming, um, fishing, baseball. We have all of the Minnesota teams, the Vikings, the Twins, you know, everybody for sports teams. But in these kits, um, say your loved one was into dogs. I always use the dog one. And uh, um, so in there, I have a little plush dog. I have two small um, feeding dishes, like a food dish and a water dish. I'll have a leash in there. Um, I'm trying to go off memory here. A toy and some rawhides and also some pictures of dogs. And with our pictures, we've kind of cheated a little bit, but it works because with these kits, if something gets lost, which we expect right from the get-go, they're usually not very expensive items, so it's something we can find and we can interchange you know, if a picture gets lost or damaged, we can put a new one in. But we take old calendars that have dogs on them, and we put them back to back, and we laminate them, so then we have many pictures of dogs. But with these kits, you can take this kit home. You can work with your loved one. So if they were a dog lover, you can say, you know, does this look like Scruffy? Does this remind you of Scruffy? And they can say yes, no. And you could talk about what color Scruffy was or how big Scruffy was. What did Scruffy eat? You know, and it may spark a memory that, you know, Scruffy would never eat out of the bowl, only, you know, would eat on the floor or vice versa, um, would always tip over their water dish, whatever the conversation would be. And you don't have to use all the things that are in the kit. If just that dog that they take out of that kit is, something that sparks a memory and gets them talking, 
that's it's done its job. That's all we're asking is just to get them involved, get them talking about something that they've enjoyed in life. Or, um, do we have time for a quick story? I could tell how one was used. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I had taken this to a memory cafe one day, and I actually had a farming kit. And in this farming kit, we have little tractors and diggers and plows and trailers and things. So I pulled this out, and um, I had a pair of yellow work gloves in there because which what farmer didn't have a pair of yellow work gloves in their back pocket, in the house, in the car, in the tractor, you know, wherever. There was seems like there's always a pair of yellow work gloves around, right? And then mm-hmm. I had corn. I have a little um, snack baggie of corn and beans and wheat and oats so, you know, they can talk about, you know, the um, the fields, you know, and mm-hmm. what they harvested. So I had this at a memory cafe, and there was a gentleman to my right who was there who um, he was there with his wife, and he was suffering from memory loss. And to my left was a gentleman who was there with his wife who suffered from memory loss. And so I bring this out, and we're chatting along, and all of a sudden – the gentleman to my right says, I haven't thought about that in years. And I don't remember exactly what it was I brought out, if it was one of the little cows and milking or something. And he goes, I haven't thought about that in years. And the next thing it's, he couldn't, you could just see the memories coming back. He was like, and, and, and all he could say was, and, because you could just see these memories coming back. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh my gosh. I haven't thought about that, and I hadn't thought about that. And one conversation led to another, to another. And like I said, the milking. Well, then um, he talks about how they milked every morning, every night. Well, then the guy to my left, he said, well, you know, I I milked too, and I had the first bulk tank in the county because, you know, they talked about carrying it by cream can. And he said, um, you know, I had the first bulk tank. Well, here is this other gentleman on the other side of the room, He says, well, you know, I hauled all the milk for the county. I hauled the cream cans and the bulk milk. Well, here, this one little kit took us way off a conversation, but it was just a way to get these three gentlemen talking and sparked a memory for one who brought in another, who brought in a third, and these three talked the rest of the afternoon. It was absolutely amazing to see what that one little kit did. And we didn't use everything in the kit. Like I said, I think it was maybe a little cow that was taken out and we talked about, you know, in there. So, Wow, that's, not that's everything, great. Yeah, not everything in the kit needs to be used and there's no right or wrong way to use these kits. That's what, what's great about it. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. to get them talking. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Pam, do you? I, I bet you've got some stories. If you're referring people out to uh, to be able to use uh, this resource as well, do you mind sharing? Well, I do. And what I really like about these kits that Dawn just talked about is that they are um, touch all senses. So, like the hay, you can actually open that bag and smell the hay, or you can actually open that bag and feel the oat seeds in there. So, um, it's more than just seeing the pictures of the dog, or it's smelling, it's feeling, it's hearing. She has some voice uh, in her bird kits that you can hear a bird song by pushing a button. So they touch all senses, and what's really fun is to watch a client get into these kits, and they may be stuck on the fact that they milked cows, for example, and you hear that over and over and over. And then by bringing this kit out and maybe uh, the oats, for example, their story will grow, and they can actually build on that little memory that keeps repeating itself and build a bigger picture for their caregivers and the rest of us in the group. I also like the, the kits because for our program, it's a resource that is without cost. 
So I don't need as a as a coordinator to store them in a storage spot or buy them because they're stored at the library and we have access to them. And as the needs of my client group grow and change, I wouldn't always need jigsaw puzzles of farm equipment or theme kits of firemen and nurses and, and babies because our group grows and changes. And so I have access to a variety. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would also be very uh, convenient for activity directors at the various assisted living units in our area or any library area that has this resource to be able to come in and access these resources for their programming. Well, that's a really good point in terms of uh, the cost savings, the time savings, the the space savings, and just, you know, the library is open to anybody, so it's it's nice, it's an accessible building, and um, and then you, you've got people there that can help guide people in terms of what it is that they need. Now, um, Don, I want to ask you, because I know in, in, in Roseville and in, in Shoreview and in, in Maplewood, they share, I don't know how many kits they, they have, like they did theirs up early, mid, late stage, and then they've done one, I think, for Louis Body for frontal temporal lobe, and now they're doing one for, uh, for children to kind of understand um, dementia, but they, but the, I'll, I'll just use the number 60 because that's what you use, but they share those kits amongst the libraries. Is that the same with you where they kind of float around and people can pick it up from one library and drop it off at another if they so choose? Yes, absolutely. Um, so if we have, I always refer to the dog kit because that just seems to be a popular one. So if somebody in Elbow Lake here, which is one of our joining libraries, if they want to borrow our dog kit, we'll send it out in delivery. And now as some of the other libraries are doing these kits also, not everybody's going to have the same kit. Just because it's a dog kit doesn't mean it's going to have the same dog, the same items. It's whatever you find and whatever you think your community is going to use. But yes, we share with within you know all of our libraries here. So it's wonderful. And that's, again, another nice benefit because it just, uh, you know, people don't have to travel. You know, like you said, it's delivered to their local library, whatever that that happens to be. And um, it's just an easy presence. Now, as far as the the resource kind of centers themselves, are they all, I don't know if all your libraries have the same footprint or are they laid out a little bit differently in each one? They're laid out a little bit differently in each one. Um, it depends on their space, you know, and their space needs. We have a lot of small libraries in our Viking library system, so they don't have a lot of space um, to keep a lot of kits. So that's why Douglas County here, we, you know, started it. So we have the most kits and the most space for them. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm just happy that everybody is taking a little section of their library and given it a designated space and an area where people can just go to and find the resources that are available. Mm-hmm. And they're also okay. available on our catalog. So, you know, they could go in any time on our catalog. And like you said earlier, if it's not at their library, all they have to do is request it and we're willing to share and, you know, send it along to another library. So, Okay, well that that makes it nice and nice and slick for sure. Well, it sounds like the response from the public has really embraced this as well as your your library systems as as a whole. Um, I again, I love the multi-sensory kits. I, I can't um, I can't give you enough kudos for that. I think that that was a, a brilliant brilliant piece. Now. I, you know, I'm just familiar with our ones in Roseville, and they have like, in and I don't know how, if your kids are set up similar or different. It sounds different, um, but they have like a um, kind of some resource information that people can take and keep if it's a, a like a tip sheet um, or a flyer on the on the resources that the library has because they kind of have a book list and stuff in there, and then they usually have like a a music piece that they can enjoy together. And then there's a lot of times maybe a, 
a resource book that's probably more appropriate for a person either with early onset or, and or a care partner, and then they have an engagement tool piece. Do you do you offer some resources in there, or are you strictly engagement? Ours are all separated, so we do have you know the resources for the caregiver. We have the books, we have the Tipa Snow videos. Um, and we have things that they can do together, whether it be a puzzle or a memory game or just conversation cards. So this way, I guess it's more information. So if you want to just come in and find something for yourself as a caregiver, then you can do that. You don't have to check out a whole kit or you're not sure what you really, where you want to start. So you mm-hmm. are just you can just take a piece at a time, I guess, is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, and then as far as like overall uh, resources, do you put anything in there for them in terms of maybe groups or organizations they could contact specific to dementia or is that we something have a, you don't see? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we don't actually put them in the kits, but we do have a spinner or a, rack out there with all kinds of information from the Alzheimer's Association and there are some cards out there for our local Alzheimer's Association and uh, um, I have numbers for this senior center and for social services and um, just different community um, help that is out there. Wonderful, wonderful. I figured you had it. It's just a you know, yep. where everyone and everyone positions it a little bit different. Um, I'm just going to pull Pamela in here again. Um, Pamela, was there anything else that you you wanted to add that that we've missed in this conversation? I just like I said I'm just so excited and I'm so proud that it came from Minnesota too. I just think this is a, a an absolutely beautiful concept that needs to spread throughout the throughout the U.S. and and um, all all around the world. We are very lucky here that we have this resource, and not all people are computer literate people, and it's very nice to have something here in place that they can go in, they can actually talk to Dawn, and they can say, this is what's concerning me, or this is what I need more information on, or I'm looking for an old John Wayne movie because my husband would enjoy that, and it's right there, it's in our town. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking at a website resource that may seem overwhelming. Um, so Dawn yeah. can actually focus the um, the person that's doing the research to what they need right now. Well, that's that's um, nice. I had a. But, do I have time for just a short story? Sure, sure. I had a, a caregiver in my office yesterday and she was talking about all the things her husband used to do but couldn't do anymore. And and one thing that came up was puzzles. And she said, oh, he can't do that anymore. And I said, are you aware that our library has this resource center? And she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, actually, if he did enjoy puzzles, he can still enjoy it. And she said, no, no, he, we used to do thousand piece puzzles. He, he can't do that anymore. And I said, but these puzzles are adult pictures, but they're large pieces, they're thick pieces, and they're 36 pieces. Mm-hmm. And she said, really? You know, he might be able to do that. And her daughters were with her and they were going, mom, you've got to go check this out. I think dad might enjoy that. And I've seen that in our own group here. Um, I've gotten the same response. We used to do this, but now it's something that they can do. And when we do it, we do it in teams. So if somebody has a visual problem, maybe they can feel and pick out the edge pieces to the puzzle. Um, And so they work together, and it's really nice to see two clients sharing their gifts and putting something together and feeling success and completion, Um, doing something that is from their past but yet able to give them a success today. 
Oh, that's wonderful. That's uh, that's absolutely wonderful. I, like I said, I think it's we're in exciting times. I mean, it, it's still when I look at things, we're still moving slower than, than molasses. But the last five years, I mean, it's you know we're we're um, dripping at a faster pace <laughs> in terms of change. And uh, but I, I think the more that we connect and we talk and we ignite this passion out there, people get excited because I think for so long, you know, everything was marketed kind of on this doom and gloom and there wasn't any hope. And, you know, projects like this um, in people's backyards, it gives people a ton of hope and it always connects them further, you know, because you're, you're networking, you're, you're sharing all this additional information resources that they didn't know were in their neighborhood or they didn't know what it was called. Cause you know, with any chronic illness, you just don't know what you don't know. And so it's, it's hard to know where to start when you don't even know the words to if, even if you are on the computer, what to plug in and what to look for, what to ask for when you're talking with people. And, and you guys have just made this so, so much easier. So I, I, I can't thank you, you know, enough um, for sharing sharing your stories with us. Um, Dawn, where where do you hope this will go? I am hoping we are just on the tip of a little snowball that will just, I don't want to say be out of control, but I just want it to grow and flourish and just help so many people. And um, can I just throw a couple things out that we have coming up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Well, here, our friends of our library are very active with the library. And so we have our one-year anniversary coming up for our uh, Memory Loss Resource Center up here. It'll be a year coming this March now. And uh, um, so we want to do a one-year anniversary. And with that, we're going to also do a community read and uh-huh. the community read is where we get everybody to read the same book, and then we come together and discuss it, and, you know, pros, cons, you know, how to touch you, you know, all that there. So we have chosen the book Still Alice as our uh-huh. community read, and then we're going to wrap that all together. We have a couple um, people coming out from the U of M that are going to mm-hmm. speak on dementia because I've been seeing that. Uh, we had Dr. Goggler here last fall, and it was amazing. We had over 100 people show up at the library, and they had over 250 show up at the senior, or I'm sorry, at the college. And the response was overwhelming, more than anybody had ever expected to, you know, come out for this. And people here are wanting information. They're wanting to know, you know, is this normal? Is that normal? What should I look for? You know, they just have questions. They want answers. They want to hear what others are going through and, you know, just want information. So um, we're trying to accommodate that. And we have Robin Berkland and Katie Luagi, I believe is how I pronounce mm-hmm. her last name. They are coming out here to the library and they're actually going to um, visit other libraries in the Viking system also um, in April, May, and June. But we have them coming out and doing a couple seminars. And then back to this book, we are going to um, show the movie Still Alice, and we'll have a book discussion on it also. So we're kind of wrapping you know, all things up together. And we're also going to do another movie called I'll Be, I'll Be Me, the Glenn Campbell movie. Oh, sure. Yep, and so we're kind of wrapping that all together, and then we're going to do a uh, final um, end project. Um, I have a special friend coming out. Her name is Annie Erickson, and she is going to come out and just tell her story as a caregiver that um, what she had went through with her husband and um just how life had changed and what they had to do to make life, you know, what it was. And and I think it'd be great. Be, she's a wonderful speaker, but it's nice to hear just the layman's uh, person's yep. 
feelings and like you and I talking, you know, I dealt with this with my mom, I dealt with that with my mom, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people, I think, need to be reassured that they're not the only ones that are going through this or it's not just affecting their family. I think people a lot of times think, oh, my gosh, this is only happening to me. Why me? You know, but in reality, it's not just them. People don't always talk about it. So it's a way to get people out and talk and and realize they are not alone on this journey. Yeah, and, and making people feel um, feel that comfort of, of not right. being isolated. That that's just huge. That that can make the difference in excuse me, in night night and day in terms of of um, their whole journey and their mental health as well, because that can really take a toll on people. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that that comfort and that support, that understanding, that acceptance, um, it's massively underrated, and <laughs> we we need to get that up in the charts for people really look, looking at that closer and how important it is for all of us to feel connected and purposeful and what that brings us in our life. And I I think so often we take it for granted with the um the death of of uh, Kobe Bryant. I I know it's it made a lot of people just stop and think and most of us aren't celebrities and, you know, don't have to worry about going up in a helicopter, but, you know, we hop in our car and we walk across the street or we just go up and down our steps. Anything can happen anytime. And we have to appreciate life and how, how do we embrace it? um, Not only for ourselves, but for others. How do we bring that comfort? How do we, how do we get that sense of, of unity in our communities back? Um, and I think you, this is a really lovely, lovely way to to bridge that. Um, anything else that we we didn't cover that you would like to add, uh, Dawn? I can't think of anything other than just come in and see me. We have so many resources, and we're so excited. And any of the staff here are willing to help. And yeah, and if anybody wants information. You know, again, I'm no expert, but I'll be willing to share with anyone what we have done and and where we're at with it. So, well, and what people have to remember too is librarians are researchers, and if they don't know it, they know how to find it. <laughs> and so they're just a, a great, great resource for us all. Um, Pamela, any any last words from you? Well, as you can tell, Dawn's very enthusiastic, and her enthusiasm is contagious. So I, too, feel very enthusiastic, as well as our board members and uh, our Elder Network program um, are just so excited about this. And I, I also wanted to mention that I listened to one of your podcasts, Lori, and you used the term care companions. Mm-hmm. And I really like that concept. It really changes a perspective and I've been thinking about how I can integrate that in my um, work and um, how that would change my thinking yeah and well one of actions. the yeah one of the things I do a lot of speaking and training around the country and one of them is on words matter and it's a simple thing that we can change it doesn't cost us any money it's just getting us to be more conscious of how we care and the impact of words and so um, the reason I talk about that is, you know, care. we always wonder why caregivers are, are burnt out. Well, we're telling them they're giving everything away and they're not getting anything back. And, and the word right. has, has really been detrimental to um, relationship-based care. And so using the word um, care companion or care partner says we're in a relationship, we're a team, we're going to figure this out together. And and I, I just think it's a um, it's a more realistic picture of how it is sometimes uh, that caregiver role can turn into my way or the highway or I'm going to fix it and a lot of things we can't fix we just have to support and so we have to learn how to do that in a in a dignified fashion that works for both sides and um, and so I think there's a lot of words out there that we can that we can change um, that then changes our perception and it changes the messaging because our 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 words you know, they impact our outcomes and they set up they expectations do. that we don't even realize. So thank you for, for bringing that up. 
And um, yeah, there's just a, there's there's so much that can be done, and it's so much easier to do together when we share and we collaborate. And that's why I love my job. I just I just love my job. It's been such an honor these almost past ten years of of being able to help spark um, different initiatives that people are doing around the world. And um, because people want hope, they, they want ideas and you don't have to do everything exactly the same. None of this is a bed in a bag, you know, it's, it's not a perfect solution and it, nor should it be. We have to look at our communities and our individual needs and, and all of this stuff, in my opinion, anyways, regarding dementia has to be fluid um, we have to learn to be more spontaneous and we have to be constantly evaluating, is this working? Because I'm a firm believer, no matter how good something is, it can always be better. It can always be better. And so, um, but we're not going to, we're not going to find out what that is if we don't have conversations and if we're not Absolutely. consciously aware. So, and what um, works thank- today, what works oh, today but- in some situations may not work tomorrow. Um I hear that from my care partners that uh, we used to do this and then they stop. And then I say, okay, well, you did that. That worked yesterday, but let's think about tomorrow. What might work tomorrow? It's not a failure. It's just a flexible evolution. Yeah. It's about adapting to life. And that's what we do. That's what we do with everything. But when a chronic illness hits we tend to stop and get still and think things should move <laughs> and they're and they're going to move the needle's going to change and it's it's going to go high and it's going to go low sometimes but again thank you so much for spending this time with us today Pamela really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us and and add to add to the show and the value today thank you Lori and Dawn too Great. And, and Dawn, I just, uh, like I said in the beginning, I absolutely love your enthusiasm. It is catchy. And I think anyone who is listening is going to want to run out to their library. And if that thought wasn't in your mind, well, I just put it in <laughs> you know, and, and uh, talk to them about this concept and, you know, give them the link to the show so that they can listen, give them, you know, Dawn's contact information as well. And again, Dawn Daly is with the Douglas County Library at uh, 720 Fillmore Street in Alexandria, Minnesota. That's 56308. And her phone number is 320-762-3015. That's 320-762-3015. And her email is ddaily, and that's D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y, at douglascountylibrary.org. And I will be adding that both to the radio show and the blog. So that's ddaily at douglascountylibrary.org. Any last words, Don? We've got just about a minute left. All I can say is I'm sitting here smiling and blushing at the same time. Um, thank you, Pamela, for the kind words, and also to you, Lori, and I appreciate both of you so much giving me the opportunity to just kind of shine on what I find just overwhelmingly fun to do. It's not even a burden or a job. It's just fun. I This is the fun part of my job, so... And the other fun part is when somebody comes in here and they want information and I can help them. And I guess that's a librarian's job. It's like that's where we get our glory is, oh, you need something? Here you go. We're willing, we're able to send them home with information. So, yeah, it's just fun. Well, good. Well, you're doing a terrific job. And, again, thank you both for your time. And I thank uh, Douglas County Library System for being open to applying for this grant and sharing with us around the world what you're doing. And I hope a lot of other library systems reach out to you. Um, In wrapping up the show, again, I just want to thank our audience once again. You guys are amazing. Um, And please like and share. Feel free to to, uh, um, subscribe to the show and spread this one 
um, fast and furious because this is a show I think that can really make a huge difference in your community. Um, for other resources, check out alzheimerspeaks.com. Till next time, have a blessed one. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.